What's up, everybody? My name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you are tuned in to Kinda Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in, as always. As you know, huge topic to discuss this week. Another black man was murdered by police officers and captured on video, George Floyd in Minneapolis. And there are uprisings taking place all across the country. And, you know, we at Kinda Neat always side with the oppressed and never the oppressor. So I just want to first off thank everyone that's been out protesting. Your work is important and what you're doing makes a difference. I feel really guilty and pissed off at myself. I booked an episode on Saturday that had already been rescheduled once before. So I missed protesting on Saturday in Los Angeles because I was working, which I feel really shitty about because I talked that talk and I do a lot of tweeting and always try to be very vocal about elevating black voices and signal boosting important opinions. And of course, our show is wholly benefited by the beauty of black culture and black artistry. And that's really what not only kind of neat, but all like I've talked about previously, like what all music and Western culture is based off of. And so for me to acknowledge those things and then not be there to protest on Saturday makes me feel really, really shitty. And I hope that I'll be able to get in there soon as they continue. The shit is just so angering to me and disappointing to me and so repetitive and redundant and cyclical and every fucking few months every few weeks we remember it as years it's like it's been four years since philando castile was murdered by a police officer in minnesota it's been four years already it feels like yesterday that one was also captured on video think about all the ones that aren't captured on video think about all the brutality that's not captured on video that no one is there to witness this shit is happening all the fucking time Nothing has changed on that level since the civil rights movement. Nothing has changed since fucking slave times as far as white people thinking that they have domain over black human beings. Fuck that. I fucking hate this country sometimes. It makes me so fucking upset. Sorry, I'm just winging it. I know that I'll probably say some shit that you don't agree with. I'll probably say some shit that in a couple of years I won't agree with. Like, But what's happening is just so upsetting to me. You know, I was raised ignorant to the actual kind of ins and outs of racism in America. I think all white people to an extent are raised ignorant to that because – if we were able to grasp our whole lives how much our privilege oppresses other people, how would you be able to live with that? How would you be able to cope with that if you really grasped that your privilege actively oppresses other people and that was something that you were actually forced to confront every fucking day? I understand why most people don't confront that every day. I understand why most people think like, oh, I'm not a racist, so I'm fine. Nah, fuck that. It, it takes more. Like, we can't just be not racist. 
everyone needs to start doing the work to be actively anti-racist. You need to follow black activists. You need to read literature on the subject. You need to educate yourself because clearly our educational system does not do that for us. In high school, in elementary school, you breeze right past this kind of shit. I remember living in Alaska during the L.A. riots, the L.A. uprising of 1992. I say riots instinctually because that's what they've been labeled. I've since learned it's probably better to call them uprisings because riots make them sound purposeless. Riots make them sound like there was no reasoning behind it. An uprising sounds as it was something where... People were fed up. And when that pot boils over, people start to uprise. And that can take on visuals that are upsetting. That can take on actions that you might not morally approve of. But you know what? As a white person, it's none of your fucking business. Like, that's the one thing that I've really been trying to come to grips with is how many friends or acquaintances or whomever I see talking about like, oh, these protests, these looters, these rioters, why are they burning down their own neighborhood? Like, man, hey, first off, that shit ain't your neighborhood. And what you're seeing on the on the on the news is only showing you this overall picture and assumption. And you don't know what that thing that's burning in that neighborhood represents. You know what I mean? And I think great context on that is what I've been reading about. The first target in Minneapolis that got, no pun intended, that got targeted and that got fully ransacked and just ripped apart. From what I've read, that's right near the target headquarters. And that's a building, that's a location where they purposefully put it in a disenfranchised community, a low-income community, so that they could experiment with their anti-theft practices that they put a target in a neighborhood that they thought would have increased theft activity so that they could experiment on people. And so like that target was already not loved in that neighborhood from what I've read. I don't live there. I have no fucking idea, right? This is just what I've read. So for that target to be ransacked, that makes sense to me. And all of this is, like I said, just stuff that I'm picking up from online, like, I could be completely wrong in the future, and I have no idea, but I've read that Target in Minnesota is a huge donator to the police forces. And the police forces will cause this in the first place, so it makes sense to me that a community would strike back in that way. And if it doesn't make sense to you that a community would strike back in that way, guess what? It's not your community. It's not your fucking business. If you value the price of objects and property more than you value the lives of black people our morals ain't the same if you think that protests need to always be peaceful if you think they're always supposed to be tidy if you think they're always supposed to be neat clean and kumbaya our morals aren't the same i think that a lot of white people project a very shallow understanding of dr martin luther king jr onto what they think protest is. But history has shown again and again and again that no matter how black people protest in our country, white people are against it. 
that has reflected itself in recent history with Colin Kaepernick, who heroically kneeled for the national anthem at football games and is now still banned from the NFL. And that's something where a soldier literally told him that's a probably a way that would be very respectful to protest. Guess what? White America didn't think so. That's the wrong way to protest, not our national anthem. Well, guess what? Go read into the actual history of Dr. Martin Luther King, who people love to quote out of context constantly when things like this are taking place. When he was brutally fucking assassinated, it was something like 70% of the country disapproved of his message. This was not someone that was well-loved. So when Fox News and conservative media and just white people in general invoke his name, honestly, 80%, 90% of the time is disrespectful, I think, because they're not doing his name or his history justice because their shallow understanding of him is not accurate. Look back at somebody like Muhammad Ali. Everybody loves Muhammad Ali now. You'd be hard-pressed to find somebody in America that thinks Muhammad Ali is not one of the greatest boxers of all time and an American hero, icon. Like, no one has a bad word to say about him. Guess what? When he was trying to change his name from fucking Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali, the country hated him. He went to jail for standing up against the Vietnam War. White people fucking hated Muhammad Ali. That's the whole thing is, like, no matter how black people protest, white people are against it. And so I just want you to remember, if you ever feel yourself being like, oh, these protests, I don't agree with the way these people are protesting. Guess whose side you're taking? You're taking the side of white supremacists. You're taking the side of the police. You're taking the side of the oppressors. And you need to be conscious of that. I'm just so tired of this shit, man. It's been, ha- I mean, like, in 92... When I was watching the L.A. uprisings, I got off topic and that was what I meant to talk about. Like, I didn't have anybody to contextualize that shit for me. Like, my dad tried as best as he could. And he told me, like, yo, black people are sick of getting beat up by the police, getting killed by the police. Like, this is something that's happening. And, like, hopefully after these riots, as he would call them, hopefully it'll bring people together more you know i actually remember i was in a speech competition in fifth grade when that shit was happening i was probably like 11 or 11 years old and i had won the impromptu speech category at my school so i was on to the citywide competition and we had the day before the competition we had two topics we could write about it was ross perot or the la riots and i went i don't give a fuck about ross perot as an 11 year old but i was like the la riots are something that is confusing and scary to me. And so my dad sat there and helped me write a speech. And and that's what it was kind of about is like, look, these people are justified in protesting and hopefully some change comes of it. But guess what? No fucking change came from that. There's this illusion of change because those in authority want the chaos to stop. And so they put band-aids on shit for a while. But here we are 30 years fucking later, 28 years later, almost 30 years later, And the same shit is still happening. And L.A. was on fire again. Not to mention, side note, that it seems like if you're really paying attention, it seems like there are a lot of undercover agents starting fires. It seems like there's a lot of undercover agents 
starting the destruction. It seems like the police are likely always the ones starting the violence. All of these protests have started off peaceful. And then our militarized police state starts firing tear gas and rubber bullets and then chaos breaks out. And of course it's going to get violent because what are you supposed to do? If somebody smacks you in the face, aren't you going to try to smack them back? If somebody tries to fight you, aren't you going to fight back? It only makes sense that if the police incite violence, that they get violence returned to them. And it's a catch-22 because if you get violence enough and do what they do to people, then you're going to jail for the rest of your life. And they don't get shit. They get off. Every fucking time they get off. The officer, Derek Chauvin, he got arrested, charged with third-degree murder and manslaughter. Like, the motherfucker has known George Floyd for, I've read, 17 years. How how could this be third-degree murder? Sounds to me... And I don't know. I mean, I'm speaking out of turn. I'm speaking out of place. It's all hearsay. But seems to me like if you know somebody for 17 years and you choke them to death, you might have had you might have had some inkling that you wanted that person dead. And that guy is going to get off. Ain't shit going to happen to him. That's what happens every fucking time. So I remember trying to get those riots contextualized to me by my father. And so. You know, now it's a different time. It's social media. Everything is so confusing. It takes an immense amount of media literacy to know what you should be signal boosting and what is the, you know, right, wrong and in between thing to be sharing. And I see people trying to cope with it in different ways. I see people posting funny things about shit. That ain't that's not how I would do it. I see people posting uplifting things. You know, I think that's a easy way out. Particularly as a white person, if you're only signal boosting things that feel uplifting and make you feel comfortable in your whiteness or like your view is the right view, you're probably consuming the wrong media, you know. I saw my nephew, you know, posting about it. He just posted some video clips with no real – he didn't frame it in any certain way. He was just kind of reposting people's stuff. And so I could tell he was curious about what was happening. And I've talked to him in the past, I think maybe even in one of these intros, I mentioned how I was helping him with his history homework one day and we were reading about Native Americans and they they basically in very polite terms said that they burned this Native American dude at the stake. And he didn't know what that meant. And I'm like, bro, they tied him up and they fucking burned him alive. Can you believe that? And he's like, oh my God. Like he was like nine. And he's like, that's what that means. And I'm like, yeah. They're reading about that, but they're reading it in language that glosses over it. And so he's somebody that I think is interested in that inequality, even from a young age, and, and, and has a deep sense of empathy. And so I just hit him up like, hey, I see you reposting about this, and, I, and I'm sure that everything is, like, super confusing. And, you know, I just tried to – I tr- unsolicited, like, just told him, look, man – as white dudes, it's not enough to be not racist. We got to be actively racist. As That might not make sense to you right now, but as you get older, I hope that you look into and do your own research into the racial inequity in this country and make sure that you fight against it. I tried to explain like white privilege and, and white supremacy in as easy of a way to understand as I possibly could. And I tried to explain to him that like I know – the protests are probably look so crazy to you and you probably wonder like why would people destroy their own neighborhoods or why would the media portray it that way at least 
And he was definitely like, yeah, I was wondering that. And I'm like, you know, look, even when I was a kid, when this was happening, it wasn't like when South Central was burning, these were storefronts that were getting burnt or getting looted that people have been racially profiled in the whole time they existed, you know, like they felt like they had a target on their back in these stores. And so they struck back. And I'm sure that's the same way it was with this target. I just hope those of you that do tune into the show, you know, at least on some level feel the same way I do, or at least don't hear this and think like, Oh, what a smug asshole, like, or I hope that you don't feel uncomfortable that I talk about taking the side of the oppressed, that I talk about the horrible state of our country's white supremacist nature. You know, capitalism is fucking white supremacy. It's built on, capitalism is built on the backs of slavery. And that's the fucking economic system that people fight for. It's fucked up. It's not right. And... If this does make you uncomfortable for me to talk about, like, how we as white people in America are complicit in white supremacy and we are complicit in exacerbating our privilege, if that doesn't make sense to you, I hope you look into it. If it offends you, I hope you take a step back and go, oh, I'm offended because it's true. I'm just sick of having to do one of these every few years. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like, man. Stop fucking killing black people. Police, stop killing people. Man, get rid of the fucking guns in the country so the police don't need guns. Like, this wasn't even a gun. He fucking choked this dude to death, man. Like, fuck the police, bro. Like, goddamn. We are in such a crazy militarized state. The fucking National Guard is walking around downtown Los Angeles today dressed like they are in the Middle East Dress like they're responding to fucking 9-11 and shit. You know, one of, one of the great tweets I saw over the week was, or over the weekend, somebody said like, oh, burning down your neighborhood isn't going to bring back George Floyd. And somebody else said, well, bombing the fuck out of the Middle East isn't going to, isn't going to bring back everyone that died in 9-11. And he... Which was like, it's just a, man, got dunked on right there. But to see the National Guard walking around downtown Los Angeles in full-on combat gear with machine guns or whatever weapons they carry hanging from the front and helmets and goggles and all that shit, walking around downtown while, like, past people just going to get their morning coffee, like, bro, this is America? Seems like a fucking pretty fascist-ass country to me. Seems like a military state to me. Shit doesn't make me feel comfortable. Anyway, our guest this week, I actually had a really great time talking to him. He's a, I think he's a little outside the box of our normal curation, and I like that. His music is definitely for youngsters. It is something that when I was in high school, I would have been a huge fan of this because I did grow up like this 50-50 split of like loving boom bap hip hop and also just loving like pop punk shit. You know what I mean? Like as as much as I idolized Nas and Wu-Tang Clan and Snoop Dogg and Scarface 
as a kid. I also really loved and listened to No Effects and Propagandi and MXPX and shit like that. So I think Little Lotus, our guest this week, his music is a modern balance of those two types of things. It's a, it's a balance of like MySpace era, pop punk, and occasionally like modern hip hop rhythms as well. That said, I think his newer stuff, he's just signed to Epitaph. His newer stuff is definitely more heavy on the pop punk side. But he's tight, dude. He's a really fucking nice dude. Like, that was my big takeaway. Is like, Little Lotus is really nice. Our text messages, like, he genuinely feels like a friend already. He's such a, just a sweet dude. Texts like he's known you forever. And came in and we just had an instant comfortable rapport. We got deep into it real quick. He lost his father as well, and we get into that. And we got into it really quickly and easily and comfortably. Yeah, like I said, just nice dude, good rapport, enjoyable conversation. He performed I Don't Even Like You on our YouTube channel, which you can go check out. It is live right now. And so without further ado, after paying some bills, we're going to get right into our conversation with this week's guest, Lil Lotus. What's Dallas like? That's the second biggest city in, in Texas, no or is it the idea. biggest? I have no idea, yeah. but it is pretty big. It's big. Um, I grew up in like Pleasant Grove, and like there, it's like kind of hood, uh-huh. and but it's like really close to downtown. Okay. And um, shit, I felt like I was like the only kid that was like like me, me and my brother too, like the only kids that were like us in our neighborhood. Yeah. So it was just like I played a bunch of sports growing up, like got into a bunch of like dumb shit, like, but. Uh, once I started doing music, it was like I locked myself in my room. That was it. And then, like, yeah, I stopped playing sports. I stopped going outside. Like, what sports were you playing? I played, like, football. Yeah. And then I played soccer when I was little, and I was, like, in Taekwondo. I had, like, all these extracurricular, like, things yeah. or whatever you call them. Yeah. And I just kind of, like, once I started playing music, I was like, oh, fuck that. When you say you and your brother were the only type of kids in your neighborhood, what you mean? Um, oh yeah, no one's looking like at me right now. Like artsy fartsy or <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, artsy fartsy, like yeah. skinny jeans. More, more on the side, the, the along the lines of like, um, like into like, med. Like, oh, you're a rocker. Like, what's like, up, rocker? You're a rocker, fool. Yeah. Like, I went to like public school up until I went to a magnet school, magnet school in high school. Yeah, and um. I was, it was like, oh, everyone always thought I was white, but I'm like, dude, I'm Mexican. They're yeah. Like, nah. You were in a Chicano neighborhood? The- um, it's, it's mixed. mixed. It was pretty yeah. equal. Okay. Yeah. Like, but there was like hardly any white people. Yeah. Right. And then like, um, but yeah, it was, it was, I would say it was mostly Hispanic kids, like in elementary school. Right. And everybody's like, oh, like they could tell I was different, you yeah. know? And I was always like growing my hair out, like I got a skateboard, like check out my Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like uh-uh. this and that, like shit like that. It's funny because like out of all the sports people that you mentioned, like when I think of Dallas because of the Cowboys and the Mavericks, yeah. like I think of like kind of these clean cut organizations. They're like America's team. Yeah. And, like is Dallas a pretty like conservative area? There is. I just wasn't yeah. living there. You weren't living. Yeah. In that. When I got older and I moved, uh, not moved. Um, I was supposed to go to my home school, but I got accepted into this magnet school yeah. called Booker T. Uh-huh. And there it's like, that's where it all was. That's where, like, oh, like, the mayor's daughter, like, comes here, too. And she's, like, and it was a 
performing arts school. So it was like visual, dance, music, and theater. Sick. Yeah. And I went there for theater. I wasn't even like there for music. Really? Yeah. I was like, I want to be an actor. Like I was in plays, like in like middle school and shit. That's tight. And I wanted to be. Yeah, I wanted to be an actor and shit. And then. Um, and here you are. Now you are an actor that needs a condom. You <laughs> yeah. <know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you saw that. I did. That was fucking hilarious. I'll tell you, like, uh, knowing a lot of the dudes in that video, I wouldn't have guessed that you guys would, like, have such a kind of offbeat sense of humor, off-kilter sense of humor, and, like, be able to be so whimsical. You feel me? That's what everybody said. They were yeah. like, I know all y'all, and, like, I didn't expect this. Yeah. Like, I didn't expect, they're like, y'all are funny, like, yeah. as friends, but I didn't expect this. Like, you listen to someone like Zubin's music, and it's... <laughs> so serious Dude, yeah. and it's so sad and then like to see him in a fucking like fedora, a fedora. hat it, it, like just dressed like a complete yeah. nincompoop it was have, so funny i have everybody's outfits at my house because we filmed that at my place yeah and like i have everybody's outfits there so like every now and then i'll just put his fedora on or yeah. like go like i don't know just fuck with shit for people at home listening what would we even tell them to search for how do you what is that video um i think it's called when you really need to wear a condom when you really need to wear a condom yeah, it went viral uh, as fuck on twitter yeah Ken, uh, kinja uncut it's yeah. like kinja underscore uncut on so instagram funny. he's on that post the gun effects were just yeah. like the special effects <laughs> hilarious it was funny because we were like we want to see a cut of it like the, that night we were like hey is it done yeah like, we we're like really wanting to see it and then they're like oh it's gonna like we're gonna get a good cut of it and then we'll, like, show y'all some stuff. Like, okay, cool. It. Well, no, oh. so it was, like, taking so long. We were like, man, like, why is it taking so long? I want to see it. I want to see it. And they're like, there's so many gun <laughs> shots that we have to edit in there that it's going to take a minute. Right. And then finally they're like, okay, we finally got the gunshots. Here's a video. Mm-hmm. That was, it probably took, like, a month and a half, I think. When you guys saw it, did you think it was going to, like, go as hard as it did? I think we definitely wanted it to, but... I don't know. I, yeah. I really, I didn't know what to expect. I was like, people are probably gonna be like, these fools are dumb. Because I saw it right like, when, you, right when everybody started, right when you guys started retweeting it, I went like, oh yeah, that's funny. What, yeah. like, that's crazy. And then to check it back in on it like a day later and see how viral it oh, went, yeah. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. I thought it was just gonna like go, get spread amongst the homies. You yeah, know what I mean, it like went, it went all internet. My mom hit me up about it. <laughs> She's like, y'all are dumb. Like, she thought it's funny, though. That's really funny. She's still in Dallas? Yeah, she's still in Dallas. Same old house. Like, yeah. She fucking lives there. What did, what did what'd your mom do? Uh, my mom was a teacher's assistant. Like, it's funny. Yeah. My mom, when I went to that, that elementary school, she's like, so, she was so like, my babies are going to school and yeah. this and that. But, like, my first year, it was probably more because of my brother, but my first year, I went to pre-K. My mom wasn't there. And then my brother started going to school, and then she's like, can I volunteer? Mm-hmm. Like, help some way, somehow. So they let her. Mm-hmm. And then, like, eventually they're just like, we'll just give you a fucking job. Yeah, you're hired. Yeah, so yeah. then she started working there, and then she's worked there, like, she still works there. At the elementary school you <laughs> went to. Elementary That's school. amazing, yeah. yeah. And so you said with your stepdad, so your folks split up? Uh, my dad passed away when I was, like... Your dad? 17. Oh, bro, I'm so yeah. sorry, man. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know. That's like the standard thing to say, and it doesn't mean anything, but it's just instinctual no, yeah, reaction. Feel, yeah. My dad passed last year, and people still say, oh, so really? like, oh, it's not your fault. Yeah, like, it's like one of those situations. I have, like, tons of friends that, like, parents passed away, and, like, yeah. they'll always, like, come to me, yeah. and, like, they'll be like, dude, like, what the fuck? How did you deal with yeah. it? And yeah. And, like, I'm always telling them, I'm like, nothing anybody says or does is going to change it or nope. help. Nope. So just, like, 
it does, like none of that matters. You, like you, don't expect anyone to make you feel better. You're right. not going to. You really it do doesn't have get to better. internalize it. Yeah, it doesn't get better. It gets a little bit easier to deal with. Dude. But so it's like, I'll, that's what I always tell them. Everything that you said is so valid. And I just appreciate hearing it come from someone else's mouth as well. Because I give that same advice. And you know what? Just 50 days ago, like right at the beginning of the world shutdown, uh-huh. my wife's mom died. And okay. yeah, it was terrible. I was out of the blue. It wasn't COVID related. It was just like, she just passed away. Uh-huh. And trying to explain to her like how to deal with it is I, I've been saying the same thing. I'm like it doesn't. It never goes yeah. away. It never yeah. goes away. It just gets a little quieter in, yeah. inside. You know what I'm saying? But there yeah. are still things that you could see. I'm sure for you too. Like yeah. even as long ago as it was, like probably little things that trigger you and go like think of your dad and all of a sudden oh, yeah. you're like crying at a fucking stoplight for no reason. Last night I was yeah. fucking. I was um I was just at home and then. Uh, one of my homies from like way back that I went to high school with. Yeah, he was always at my house. Like he, like my dad was like around him all the fucking time. Like he yeah. knew him the most. Like other than me, aside from me and my brother. Right. And like he's like, yo, I found my old phone, and there's a bunch of videos of us in high school. Oh, like, sick. So he shows me all these videos of like, like me like stealing chips from like one of my homegirls and her not knowing, and then me getting caught and like yeah. me singing like acoustic songs but like redoing them all goofy and stuff and then like sends me a video of like my dad oh, and like me that running you didn't even know existed. i didn't even know yeah. like and he's like dude it was like a video of me like running into my dad's room and i'm like what are you doing and yeah. then like i'm like trolling him i'm like dude your belly button's sweating like fucking with him <laughs> yeah. and he's like smacking the camera out of yeah. my hand i was like holy shit that's, that's really crazy dope. so it was like literally last night i was just like what the fuck Man, that's, but that always happens. That's Those like a, that's things. a blessing, though. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a nice surprise. Yeah, to have. I kind of forgot what his voice sounded like, so that's like mm. what it was like. I was like, boom. Someone told me when their dad died that, like, when they found out he was sick, they knew they would have a couple more months. So, like, every oh, yeah. time they talked to him, they would just turn the phone on and start recording everything, so that so that she wouldn't like forget his voice. You know, yeah, what I mean? that's heavy. So I, I started doing that with my mom. Just like when I found out my dad was sick, I was like, okay, well, he had Alzheimer's, so it was like I couldn't oh, wow. I couldn't like interview him about shit. So yeah. I started just interviewing my mom and just making sure that like you know, God forbid anything were to happen, at uh-huh. least to have this like archive of her yeah. life for myself because that shit's tight. You know, was your dad's death a surprise? Um, it was. Or did you guys was, was, was sick? Man, it was a shitstorm. Yeah, like. To, like, kind of sum it up, but still give some, like, detail. Yeah. It was, like, my dad was, like, a really bad addict, like... Oh, yeah. In general, like, just an addict. Yeah. And, like, my parents had split up for, like, six months right before my dad died. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, like, on their, like, anniversary that my dad... My mom was, like, I got a bad feeling. Goes to the house. Can't get into the house. Finds my dad. Get, calls my uncle. They find my dad, like, in the living room. Like, yeah. all kinds of fucked up. And then get into the hospital... Um, like organs start failing and stuff like that. We yeah. had to put them on machines, and then we had to pull the plug. So Man. it was like one of those things. Like it's all a blur. It happened so fast, but yeah. span of five days, you're like hoping, like, oh, yeah. it's gonna get better. It's gonna get better. But it's just like, uh, there's no. Hope. At some point, you just, you got to pull the plug. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Man, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't know how to respond. And like you said, there's no, yeah. there's no, no comfort that that comes from but anything you know. anybody says. But I get you know. it. Yeah, yeah. terror is a terrible thing. I do want to go back to like the elementary shit because you said you got oh, yeah. you got accepted into a magnet school. So I would imagine before all the face tattoos and, <laughs> and the like shocking physical appearance yeah. uh, outwardly, I bet you as a little kid you were like really smart. And, like, you were, like, good at school, huh? There was this shit, and I think it's fucked up. Yeah. I think it's so fucked up. Yeah. It's called Talented and Gifted. Yeah, I was in GT as well. We called I, it GT. I, Out here, they call it gate. Really? Yeah. Okay, they call it tag where we're from, and I'm yeah. like, I'm like, 
why the fuck would you make a special class to make other kids feel like those kids are smarter? Right. You know, in a public school. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, there's separate schools for, like, stuff like that, and you audition to get into or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you go to school there whatever. But to be in a public school and have those two groups kind of just, like, for me, I felt like it fucked me up being in it because gifted in town my parents there was such a like a high like expectation expectation for me that i was like yo i just want to be fucking normal right like i'd probably like if i'm so like smart and i wasn't even that smart i'm just like i said i'm very specific in my head and i can like kind of convince myself that i know what this fucking equation is and i just in that moment i forget things so easily like i can learn something real quick for a week and then I have to take a test on it, and I, it's gone from my memory. Yeah, after but that, that. that's still smarts. If you can learn it, if you can learn it, you're smart. And I well, and I would say like even being emotionally aware enough to write the type of music that you write, it's clear that you are an intelligent dude. You know, what I think I'm very just. Um, I absorb what is there in the moment. Yeah. No matter what it is, like it can be feelings, it can be what is said, it can be like, um, it can be intelligence, it can yeah. like anything like that. I absorb it in the moment. If it's something that's going to come back again. Like, I'll feel that feeling again, and it'll it'll come out. I think what you're describing is that you maybe have, like, a little bit of imposter syndrome of, like, oh, I'm not really that smart. I can just teach myself to be smart or something. Or, like, I'm not really that artsy. I can just figure out how to be artsy. See, like, artsy? Yeah. No, when it comes to yeah. music and art, that's, like, the one thing I can do, nobody can tell me. I okay. don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. But when it comes to, like, school, yeah. <laughs> that's where I was like, no. Oh, okay. I was just like, no, like, this isn't me. Like, like right now, like, my girlfriend has to, like, read shit to me because yeah. I'll be like, and she's like she'll tell me sometimes like maybe you maybe there's some there is something there like maybe like it's just like you have you learn a certain way and you're like your brain's wired different or something because i'm like i'm like i can't read shit sometimes like i feel like floyd mayweather (laughs) like it's like (laughs) hey (laughs) no shots at pretty boy floyd money mayweather out here i mean that's from what i hear that's how i feel so but no for me it was like with with the whole tag program like when i would go home it was more like my dad, like how I told you, my dad was yeah. kind of, he was a hard ass. Yeah. And so it was like, oh, we found out he's smart. Like, be smart all the time. That's it. And, you know, like, you know, be smart all the time and you're going to go to this university and you're going to do all this and that. Because now and, A's aren't like, oh, congratulations. It's like, why didn't you get an yeah, A? It's exactly, it yeah. was like, I'd get an, if I did get an A, because I felt like I kind of, it was really hard for me to get an A, I'd come show him. He's like, well, you're in talented that's and gifted. That's what you're supposed, you're supposed to do. To. Yeah, like, you don't get rewarded for what you're supposed right. to do. And I'm right. like, so what? I got to get 120 for you to, like, right. be like, hey, what's up? Like, that's great. Homie, I can fucking relate to that so much because <laughs> yeah. uh, same thing. I was in the gifted yeah. and talented program back home, and it was one of those things where I would see my friends – and th- these are, like, good problems to complain about. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. I would see my friends, if they got a B and an A, they'd get, like, oh, $20 for an A, $10 yeah. for a B, and, like, nothing for a C. But I would come home with straight A's, and my parents would be like, yeah, that's what you're yeah. supposed to do. And if I got a B, my dad would be like, why are you fucking up? What's yeah, wrong with exactly, you? Like, why are you getting exactly. a B? You should be getting yeah. straight A's type shit. And, yeah, dude, same thing as, like, trying to seek that validation from yeah. your dad. You feel yeah. me? Like, I can relate to, like, trying yeah. to relate to your dad. Because I For never sure. got that outward love from yeah. him. Was your dad ever affectionate with my you? My dad was, like, my dad definitely was. Like, okay. My, my dad was, like, it was, like, you know how you have, like, the parent that's, like, oh, I can go to my mom or oh, I can go to my dad. Yeah. It was always my dad for me. And for okay. my brother, it was always my mom. Yeah. And, like, I think it has to do with, like, whenever my mom got sick, whenever, like, my brother was born. Uh-huh. And, um, or when I was born. One of us, it was something like that. So my dad had to take care of me, yeah. and we're 15 months apart. Oh, wow. So I was still like a baby. Yeah. So my dad had to take care Who's of me. Who's older? 
I'm older. Oh, okay. Yeah. I couldn't tell. You guys look really? like, yeah, you look yeah, the same age. Everyone thinks we're twins. Yeah, it's just yeah. the height. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's right, the only right. thing. Um, but, yeah, so, like, my dad took care of me because my mom was sick, and she, like, had to have be holding my brother all the oh, time. Yeah, right. And so, and because uh, she has rheumatoid arthritis. So, like, things were just, like, way harder for her to do. Like, yeah. she wasn't, like, sick, like, you know, like, like. Like a disease, sick. I got like you. like you know what I mean, yeah, like like yeah. throwing up sick. But yeah. she's just like her body was just kind of fucked up from that. So, um, so I think that's why like me and my dad were super close, and so like I always did get like that you know like affection validation from my dad sometimes. But I think he uh, was still a hard ass. He was still a hard ass. Yeah. So I was confused. I was like, so are we good? Yeah, yeah. Or are we not yeah. good right yeah. now? Right. Because he'd be like, it's like I'm gonna whoop your ass. I'm gonna give you a hug after. We're yeah. gonna hug it out and everything yeah, will be yeah. fine. I'm like. Yo, right. and then and you're still grounded. Yeah. So I was like, what the fuck? What age is it that you get accepted to the magnet school? That's like junior high or high school? That's high school. High school. So out of out of uh, yeah, what does it go like? Junior high, middle school? Or no, middle, middle school, school, junior high, see, like seventh, eighth grade, and then ninth grade is high school. Okay, that yeah. yeah. So right out of that, I went into I got it. I was like, I wanted to be in theater. I was yeah. in this like I was in West Side Story. Yeah, right. And then like my uh like the director or whatever she was just like yeah i know people at booker t like you did such a good job like i'm gonna write a letter of recommendation like and you had to have like five letters of recommendation or like four or something and then you go audition you have to audition in every single area of whatever cluster you're going to be in so like no matter if you want to be an actor you have to audition do your acting part and then you have to go and do these certain like almost like tests in certain areas whether it's like sewing yeah. stage construction lighting yeah. stage management like different things like to see that you're they want everybody to have a chance at like being well-rounded in right. theater in general and then right. they'll put you where you, if you are an actor then you'll get the acting spots if you're this you're gonna get that spot like so we went and did the whole aud- the audition got the letter of recommendation you have to take like academic tests like whatever like to see like where you are and I got accepted in, uh, like, my freshman year. I was just like, yo, there's music kids here. Yeah. And I was like, I want to be in music. That's, that's like, your, that was your yeah, shit. Yeah, because I was already doing music. Yeah. Like, I was already at home. Like, What were you doing with music at that point? Um, you so a guitar or something? I don't rem- really remember exactly what age it was, but I started going to this church. Yeah. And my parents were, like, super Christian. And I started going to this church. And... um. I was always like watching the youth band and I was always watching like the band on state like on Sundays like yeah. play and I was like man like I want to play like I want to fucking play like and then um we had started playing like on this like little shitty acoustic that we had at the house um like a little bit earlier and then um I think it was like once I once I was in high school I was like my freshman year they were like yo like you can be in the band like we need a band so we're like, okay, let's learn the songs. Let's start doing that. And so, like, I'd started, like, you know, playing there. And so I'm in theater. Yeah. And then I'm inviting my friends from ch- from school to come to church because I was like, I want them to see me play. Oh, and yeah. And for me, it was just playing because I never really had, like, a re- religious, yeah. like, connect at yeah. all. And, like, I was just like, for me, it was like, I'm playing a show. Like, right. I'm playing a fucking show or something. And um, You're doing, like, Green Day covers in church and shit. Dude, actually, <laughs> a little bit later into it, it yeah. turned into their, like, yo, we all play, like, acoustic sets out in the atrium while people are coming in before the Sunday service yeah. starts. And I was playing, like, Mayday Parade, Three Days Grace. No like, yeah. um, it was me and my brother. We would do, like, these duets together, like, sing. Because he sings, like, yeah. he's an amazing singer and, like, guitar player, too. So we'd play guitar together and, like, do, like, dueling guitar parts yeah. while singing, like, 
overlapping vocals and people were like what the fuck are these kids doing <laughs> like Sick. so like the church would like service would start there'd still be people like standing out there yeah. like watching us and they're shit. like oh they're out here catching the holy ghost yeah. they're <laughs> praising the, the lord yeah. slain yeah. in the fucking spirit yeah right that's yeah. tight so guitar is the first thing you pick up besides the fucking recorder and yeah like, of course yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. hot cross buns and yeah shit like that yeah but no i'm pretty sure yeah guitar was the first thing but since me and my brother were since we could speak we were singing like yeah. i my mom should, like found these recordings of us singing like uh my heart will go on no way um and we're like mumbling the words and yeah. like making up words and then we're like clap after shout the out thing. to the queen celine dion <laughs> yeah for real what music was speaking to you back then at that time mm. like what bands were you into um there's like a few stages of bands that i was into but yeah. like when i first started playing guitar everybody learns like fucking metallica and shit like that it, yeah like, smoke on the water and shit but I, that didn't really even my, speak fir- to my me. first one was bro him tribute by pennywise really dude i was like i had this cousin that was just so into like slayer and yeah. like like uh, shredding just yeah shredding and he'd yeah. like show us all this shit and like um i think that's like it started off like metallica and stuff like that because he was in metallica too and he was the only person that, like, my dad only taught us, like, four chords. Yeah. So he was the only person that could, like, show us, like, songs and be like, oh, I want to learn that just because they're, like, going hard on the guitar. But I'm not actually into the band. Yeah. I just want to be able to play that. Right. But um, before I was even able to play, like, cool shit like that, I was definitely listening to, like, Linkin Park, like, Simple Plan, System of a Down, um, Hoobastang, mm-hmm. uh so it's Weird, like that like, early 2000s, like, TRL rock yeah, almost. Yeah, definitely yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it was like that. And then my dad also just kind of raised us, like, and I was very rebellious to this, but at the time, but now, like, I'm like, oh, makes sense. Like, yeah. It's one of those things when you're like, my parents are kind of right. Right. But um, he raised us on everything. Like, we would, we would, like, there would be nights where he's just, like, completely fucked up and, like, we're playing pool and, like, he starts dancing with my mom and they're dancing, like, Tejano music. Or like he'd put on like like uh like um fucking there'd be Tahana music, there'd be what's that fool? Michael Buble. Oh yeah. Like uh fuck um like the Bee Gees, like just like Donna Summer, like random like yeah. you know, yeah, like, like Whitney Houston. Yeah. Like yeah, my dad was like such a well rounded he had such a well rounded ear for music. Right, right. And he was always telling me, like, you like that? Like that's not music. Like Check this, this is out. music. Yeah. And my I'd dad be like, was like Shut that up. Like, yeah, come yeah. on, like let me listen to my fucking screamo or something right. like that. And like it's like it, he would just be showing me like all kinds of stuff and like now, like being older, like I'll hear those songs and I'm like Damn. He was right. Yeah, he was right. This is like, a slap. Yeah, he raised me on like Michael Jackson and like yeah. Jackson Five, like always playing those songs. One of my most formative music memories with my dad was when I was trying to tell him about MC Hammer, You Can't Touch This. Uh-huh. I was in fourth grade <laughs> uh-huh. and he goes, he goes, this isn't a fucking new song. He's like, this is just super freak. And I said, no, this is MC Hammer. You can't yeah. touch this. You've never heard this. And he's like, no, they stole the fucking super. And then like years later, it dawned on me like, oh, he was like trying to tell me that this is a sample. sample yeah. And I didn't even, I couldn't even fathom at the time my what that dad, meant. You know, My what dad saying? did the same shit. Yeah. He would always be like, there's nothing. His whole like motto was always, he's like, he's so fucking funny. 
is always saying like you're never gonna do nothing new. Like yeah. there's nothing. It's there's it's no already new ideas been under done. The sun. Yeah, it's new to people. It's it's everything's already been done. Right. Everybody's already played that that pattern of chords. Yeah. Everybody's already you know made that little melody. It's just like tweaked a little bit, changed a little bit. You have your little spin on it and shit like that. It's just but, whatever sauce you yeah, add to it. Basically. Yeah. And you're just like telling me that all the time. I'm like, no, this sounds nothing like that. Right. Like you don't get it. They sound different. And, and now you like, go back. They and sound listen. different. Yeah. The same damn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like even now, like I'll catch myself like i'll be writing a melody like singing something and then like it just kind of puts me in this vibe and i start catching myself not saying the same words or the same thing at at least like really but it gives me that same vibe of like a song that like you know i've heard before and i'm like oh shit like and then i'll ask everybody i'm like yo did i just fucking rip this and then totally they're like oh i didn't even hear that they're like i don't even hear that like and i'm like but you hear this note they're like yeah i hear that note and it's just me in my head consciously like or subconsciously, like, connecting the dots. And I'm like... Making a problem, like you said. Yeah. Making making your own problem. problem. Yeah. Yeah. You ended up graduating from high school? Yeah. Did you act the whole time? No, I didn't even end up acting. You didn't act at all? I didn't act at all. Um, Did you get into, like, the music program there or something? No, I tried to switch over, but then, like, slowly I started realizing that, like, the music program was... um, it was more in like classical like music, more formal, yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, I was like, this isn't music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, then I was like, this <laughs> I was like, fuck this. Yeah. So uh, I ended up doing um, stage construction. I was a I master was gonna say, I was gonna say, if your dad and uncle were in construction, like the stage construction, you were probably already lit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up taking that. That just like started happening so fast, and so like I was like the guy that they were like, here are the designs from the people. Yeah. Here's the material. Make your team, yeah. and we need this done by this week. And so, like, I that's, had a really that's hella sick... racist. They're like, man, put the Mexican kids on the construction, <laughs> yeah. bro. Yeah, Damn. yeah. They pulled a brown boy out. They're no like, yo, shit. come on, build it. Yeah. What was your best stage construction? What show? Shit, I don't even know what show. I, I, that's another thing. It's like I don't remember a lot of my. High, I was like, I was fucked up yeah. a lot of high school. Of like, course, high school. I like, I actually got kicked out of that high school because I was like selling drugs and like. Sold drugs to this chick that was trying to kill herself, and I didn't know. Oh, and then, fuck. like, she, I mean, like, somebody needs name. to keep the musicians high. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, so we had this little like drug ring going on yeah, in right. in high school, and like we were selling like everybody fucking pills and random shit. And I got in trouble for that, and they sent me to like fucking alternative school. And then I came back, and then there's just more problems, more problems. And then they're like, you got to go to your home school. Yeah. But I graduated from there, but I was in jail for my graduation. Really? So, yeah. Why? Why? Can you um, talk about that? Same thing. Like, I was just so, still doing yeah. stupid fucking shit, and I like, got into this shit with a fucking officer where I was aggravated on a police officer. No um, way. But this it was, was, this it was, was like, like, probably right after your dad died or what? It actually was right after my dad died, so it was even more where I was just like, you're fuck wilding. everything. Yeah, yeah. you're like for so sure. So I threw like a bunch of cherry bombs and red devils into a cop car in oh the passenger seat. God. And uh, the fool like lit up, and then like the dude, some dude was driving, and I was like, fucking drive, and I'm like forcing this fool to, trying to force this fool to drive, and he won't pull out, he won't keep going, He so he like freaks out, pulls over, hops out, Damn. and then he's like, Everybody's like, "What the fuck did you do?" And I was like, "Why'd y'all fucking go?" Like, yeah, you hired the just, wrong getaway driver. Yeah, I get out and I'm just like, "Well, it was we were supposed to be at like some school dance, and I was supposed to pick my girlfriend up, yeah. and like I just didn't go, and I ended up going to like some party with a bunch of friends. We're all packed into a suburban, uh-huh. and like that happens, and then I'm like, "What the fuck?" Like, so then I hop out and I'm like complying, and I'm like putting my hands up and shit, and they just like rush me Fuck like, you knees up. in the back of my neck yeah, and everything they're like we should have shot your ass like, wow because they thought 
You were when he called dynamite or something. Well, when they he called. Yeah. Funny thing is, we were like right in front of the jail, and I didn't know it was a new jail that they had just put there. Oh. And so he calls, and all they hear on the fucking thing on the dispatch is like, like I need backup. Boom, 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 like that shit. So they think this fool's getting lit up. Yeah. And then he's like panicking, so he's not really giving them detail, like. And so, and his whole shit like was like on fire. Like the oh. the the fucking unit started burning up on in the passenger side. They put it out, and like his vest was all burnt up, and like um, he was just like panicking and shit. So they all like just came guns drawn. There was like six units that pulled up on us, and I was like, "This is so stupid! Like yeah. they're fucking fireworks!" Like, right, right. But it's at the time I was like, "Holy shit, man!" So how long did you get sentenced for that? Um, I actually had a really good fucking lawyer that they they dropped it twice. Like so. They fucked me up because they put it in three times as a felony. Mm -hmm. And then we had them all dropped to, ended up getting dropped to, from aggravated aggravated on a police officer to aggravated on a public servant. And then to, it was something, something else. And then it got down to criminal mischief. Okay. So then that was a misdemeanor. Yeah. And then like I had like two and a half years or two, two years probation and Public a bunch of fine yeah. bunch of fines yeah. and then yeah and then i had like um yeah what is it community service community shit service. Yeah, yeah, yeah but i went to go sign up for all of it and then they're like oh you're good yeah and i was like are you sure i'm good because if i walk out of here then like i get arrested later like like yeah i'm not good so then, i was like you're th- sure you, you should know i'm pretty good with a cherry bomb bro yeah yeah, yeah. i was like <laughs> so i was just like am i for real good and then they're like no like you got granted something and i was like what the fuck did my lawyer do and yeah like, no shit we had like a family friend that like put up the money for me yeah, like, y'all, I was, y- y'all got saul goodman better call saul yeah in the case and shit. yeah so they, it got knocked down and then but for like years like i was like yo if i get pulled over i might have some warrants like when i'm with with, with my friends and yeah. like Somebody would, like, think we're getting, like, followed by the police or something. I'm like, fuck. Like, I got warrants, I think. Like, I'm not sure. Like, what, what do you mean you, you think? Yeah. Like, and even, like, when I was with my girl, like, the uh, in Dallas. We were living in Dallas for a little bit. Uh, we got we got pulled over for, like, a taillight or something. I was like, fuck. Like, I don't know, but they might take me. And then she was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then, like, everything came back, like, clean. I was like, so I guess I really was good. Damn, that's and tight. And I recently got pulled over, like like two days ago oh really and like that nothing nothing yeah that's wild because i got arrested for acid one time like on on acid (laughs) one time when i was like 19 that's and i got pulled i got pulled it was actually great uh (laughs) like getting tested by the police while i was like out of my mind was like an amazing experience uh anyway i got pulled over like i don't know three years ago and they were like did you ever get arrested uh on acid and i was like what that was like 20 years ago i was 19 like what the fuck yeah yeah it was crazy so i don't know how your record got expunged and here i am still getting fucking called out for that shit on a traffic stop that's crazy yeah i should probably look into it but yeah we we had this this really sick lawyer that's good a lot of it kind of got taken care of but i haven't looked into it it's funny because like when I ask what I think is going to be a simple question, like you go, you got, you're like, no, the story gets Dude, crazy yeah, from here. My my life has always been so extra. Yeah, and I don't know if it's something I do to myself or if it's just like I'm a magnet for chaotic energy. Yeah, but there's always something wow like, crazy like that. You're obviously covered in fucking tattoos. Yeah. Like that's a thing that people probably notice about you yeah. instantly. Obviously, yeah. did you start getting tattooed in high school? Yeah, well, I think it was in high school because my homie that tattooed me was in high school. Um, like, my freshman year, like, I had this homie that was in the visual, uh, like, 
cluster of like high school yeah and then he was like oh i want to be a tattoo artist like that's why he was there like he was just like learning all these skills or whatever and then he wanted to be a tattoo artist and he's like i got this gun like, i got this this machine like, i got yada yada i got all these papers like i can do stencils and whatever yeah. let me do some on you and i was like fuck it let's do it yeah and so like i actually had like my arm was blacked out oh yeah i had a whole other tattoo like right here and i had that for like Almost like a year without my mom knowing. This is after my did, dad. Is passed, it like a blacked actually. out blast over? Like, did you leave yeah, some is, design, like blank space? No, design? this is like all like oh, chewed up. This black. is just chewed up right yeah. here. So I gotta go over it a second time. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's like you can kind of see the shape. Like it was like you. these weird like lines. Yeah. But I had that, and I had my foot done, and then I had my other foot done in my ankle, like in like two days. And like, cause you know, when you're young and you get a tattoo, you're like, oh, oh yeah, I need I'll one more. more. Give me yeah. another one. Yeah, give me yeah. another one. Totally. I got this other idea. Like, Particularly when they're free, it's like just yeah. give me all the fucking tattoos. Yeah. yeah. And so I was, we we're just at his like apart, his mom's apartment. Yeah. And like he uh, he tattooed me, and then he tattooed my brother. Did you try to and keep then, him hidden, or were your parents like, oh, I would it's just fine. like be like this like yeah. all the time, but it's on my fucking arm, so yeah. it's like, and we're in Texas, so it's like. Kid wearing long, wear long sleeve and sweat, yeah. but I I was like the kid that like always wore hoodies everywhere. Okay. My dad would be like, "Take your fucking hoodie off! Like, stop being like that! Like, it's hot." Yeah. I'm like, "No, I'm fine." And I was like, "I look cool. Like, yeah, that's why I'm wearing it." And but yeah, like I had those like I got those and started getting tattooed in high school. Around that time, are you beyond being in church? Are you trying to like start bands? Yeah, like while I was in church, like. Even before I was in church, like, I would get the Guitar Center magazine. Yeah. And I'd go and circle, like, the guitar I wanted, what I wanted my drummer to play. Like, um, I would look up certain pedals because I knew about pedal boards because of my cousin. Yeah. He'd have all these crazy pedals, and, like, he's like, this does that, this does that. And so I was like, this is cool. So, like, I'd go and basically just picking out the shit that looked the coolest. Like, I didn't know what anything right, sounded like. Right. So my favorite guitars, like, when I would look at shit like that was, like, those BC Warlocks. Uh-huh. And like I was, because they were just wicked shaped. Yeah, and like, I was gonna say like a flying V or something. Yeah, they were like the ones that like look like spider webs oh, almost, and they're yeah. like sharp. They yeah, look like yeah, yeah. like yeah, just crazy. Just but, like a shredder metalhead guitar. Yeah, but I would do that, and I would like find a friend in in school, and I'd be like, "We're gonna start a band." We'd never meet up. <laughs> We'd never been to each other's houses. Yeah. And I'm like, this is the name of our band. You play drums. I play this. Like I sing and play guitar, and whatever. And, like, I was, like, that's where, like, starting bands kind of started. But when it actually came to, like, you know, practicing and shit like that was, like, when I was in church. Like, yeah. I would have, like, a friend that I was, like, hey, we need a guitar player at the church band. And then we'd get, like, the whole church band together. And then it and my brother was in it, too. And so then we'd be, like, we're going to start a band together. Like, we're going to, aside from this, and we're going to use this as a practice space. Yeah. Uh, which was kind of like sick to think of. I was like, we just hacked our own practice space. Yeah, of course. That's what like, I was gonna say. Is like you, you were able to build chops in front of people, yeah. like without really having to pay dues for it. Yeah. Like you're getting to practice in front of a crowd, yeah. which is like all you could ask for. Yeah, it was yeah. sick. So we started doing that, but you know, nothing really came of those things or anything like that. And then it was like toward like my senior or junior and senior year, I started like making these friends and shit like that, and. They didn't live anywhere near me. They were like all in the like the band scene, and I was going to sh- I would I would like I would go to shows rarely. Yeah. At that time, I would more just listen to music in my room, and then once I met them, I started going to shows more, and I started like you know jamming with them, and they'd be like, "Yo, we need someone that can sing and play bass. Yo, yeah. we need somebody that can you know scream. Like let's like 
do something. And then I started playing like the local shows and okay. like selling pre-sales and shit. And um, yeah, that's where like that I did that for a long. That was kind of like the beginning of the journey. Yeah, that was where it got legit. Where it got to not legit because it was still like super super local and like we yeah. weren't making any money at all. But like the hustle of like being in a band and like you have to sell the pre-sales and you have to like you know figure out how to get your whole setup to the venue and yeah. like load in and whatever like make merch. That's sell the, merch, the paying dues physicals. Part. That's the yeah. paying dues. Part. Yeah. yeah, that's where it came before the very refined style you have now before the face is covered in tattoos and everything like i see your presence online and i think that in a sense you're a bit of a heartthrob right oh definitely yeah there yeah. i'm glad that you can verify oh, that for me yeah. but like yeah you have like you have a lot of uh, girls crushing on you online etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> i wonder what came first the chicken or the egg like did you already have that effect on people when you were in high school like were you a little ladies man type yeah i was yeah. a little slut yeah yeah for sure yeah because uh, <laughs> that's a, you know it's funny like i always talk to people about that of like if you're trying to get into music to try and get laid like you're doing it backwards because yeah. like people are going to be drawn to your music if you already had that power before yeah 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 so no, i was definitely a little fucking slut like yeah even like before music music like i would I'd come home from school and my mom be like like asking me about my day i'm like oh i have two girlfriends <laughs> like oh this person's cute yeah. like my teacher's hot like yeah. you know and so you're like, like mr popular like you had a big friend base not necessarily popular but it was like i think i've always been that weird out like even though like i look like this now like i look back at stuff and i always look different i yeah. always dressed different like even when we had uniforms i had to do my uniform different like i had to be extra yeah. about it and they'd be like mr villagran like fix you or whatever yeah and i'm like god damn it like you know i'd like and I'd so wear you, you might you, extra you might it. you might not have been like a girl's outward boyfriend but you might have been her little weird side piece. yeah they're like what is yeah. that yeah like, yeah who is that like the mayor's daughter might not have called you her boyfriend but she might be like you know what he's cute though i was just talking to my girl about that because yeah. she had the same problem growing up and she was like yeah people hit me up after school like online yeah. i was like yeah that's what they would do to me yeah. and like then I'd see them in class, and then they like were like, hmm, hi, hi. yeah, right, and like right. I'm like, what, like, because yeah. I'm like, I was like, because because I'm Mexican, like that's <laughs> that's how I always felt because it was always like these white girls and shit like that, and I was yeah. like, well, is it because I'm Mexican? I'm like, what the fuck? And they're and like, like, no fool, it's your Jack Skellington, <laughs> you're a weirdo, yeah, <laughs> for real. That's really what it was, but yeah, it was it was. Uh, I think I've always just been like that. Yeah. I think I've always just caught people's attention some yeah. some way, and if it's not like my look, it's like I was always doing something. Like I was I was really into like like doing dangerous shit like yeah. for some reason it was probably yeah. like just a, an attention thing because i was right. like little and shit i'm sure there is some kind of psychological there route for the dangerous shit i am not good enough of an yeah. armchair psychologist to <laughs> yeah. call it but i'm sure there's something going on there yeah that said as you're paying dues in dallas and playing these shows i'm sure in like little grungy bars or all ages venues or what have you and lugging gear on stage at that point what was the goal, I guess? Did you already know, like, this is it. I want to be a career musician. I got to figure this out. Yeah, like, um, when the, well, I knew I wanted to be a musician the second, like, I started, like, playing guitar. Okay, so it was, yeah. like, even farther back. Now. Yeah. This like, was I just told, part of the journey. Yeah, I would tell, like, my dad, I'm like, yo, I wrote a song. And yeah. he's like, let me hear it. And he's like, oh, it's not good enough. Go back and change, like, uh, make it better. Uh. Like, your voice isn't there yet for you to be making, the, doing those notes. Yeah. Like, I'm like, no, I can get it. Like, I got it. And he's like, okay. I go back and I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be fucking famous and you're going to fucking regret telling me that. Mm. And he'd always be like, you know, only 1% makes it in music and like this and that. And I was just like, no, like I am that 1%. He's like, well, okay, whatever, if you think so. 
Like, I was very set on it. I guess like, what I'm trying to get at is the turn from here I was in local bands, and then I figured this thing out that, like, I, like I realized Lotus? could take me to a ne- yeah, that could take me to the next level. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, how did Little Lotus come about from being a local dude in Dallas to, like, boom, I've got this sound? Because now yeah. you, you have a very recognizable and polished sound. You yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, so I was, yeah, I was, you know, doing the whole band thing, paying dues, and, like, it was, it, I kind of, I was comfortable there. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, this is fun. This is like, it, like, emotionally is like relieving and like playing music and I love you're, performing. Are, you're getting to like meet some bands that you probably yeah, liked and exactly. open for them. Yeah, like, they're like, you're cool and you're like, oh, that's yeah, all Yeah, we're I want hanging to out with like yeah. fucking August Burns Red and Texas in July because they like yeah. came and crashed with our drummer one time and like now they fuck with our music yeah. and stuff like that. And like, it was very, like, it was super sick and I felt like I was doing something, but I, it wasn't really, you know, not a career. Yeah. And then, um, there was a point where I don't remember exactly when, but I started working at a warehouse. Oh, that's what I was just going to ask. Yeah. What were you doing for a career at yeah. that time to support it? I was like freeloading like before that and everything. But then like, once I got this warehouse job, like, you know, warehouse jobs, like they pay like crazy. Like yeah. if you're working overtime and like I was a forklift operator, so I was like uh-huh. certified and everything. So yeah. I was getting bread. And so I was like, oh, so now I got the money and I can, you know, keep doing this. Right. And um, I had my son and I was like, like. It got to a point where I was like, yes, like, I'm making money, and, like, my schedule is so full because I'm working so many hours, and, like, I'm listening to music while I'm on the job. I'm, like, writing songs in my head while I'm on the job. I was like, but this isn't living. Like, this isn't, like, my career. This isn't, like, what I'm supposed to do. Like, I feel like I'm meant for, like, something crazier. Right. And then, like, I was just like, if you really think that you're, like, that 1%, like how my dad said, I was like, quit your job. Like, mm. so, like, one day I just quit. Like, I just... Like, I had an apartment with, like, my roommate and everything. And, like, I was like, yo, like, I quit. I went back home. And he's like, you quit? Like, work? Like, what the, What are, we, what are you going to do? Like, we got to pay rent. We got this and that. So then I started, I think I started selling acid at the time. <laughs> and then just so I could stay home. It's <laughs> so casual. Yeah. You're like, yeah, fuck it. I was like, I might just go back to, like, what I was doing in high school. Like, yeah. I was, so I started selling shit again just for a little bit. And then um, did that to kind of just like keep up and then I was just working on music and then I remember I put out one song I think I actually put out the one song while I was still at the warehouse and that's what made me quit because I was just like people heard me yeah and then I was just like I'm out like I was just like I'm out and so like I put out like one song and then it got put up on this like page um on the story yeah and then like um, the next one I did got put up, and like the next one I did got put up. And, and it w- was it kind of representative of the style that you're doing right now? Or it's, it's... an early, early one, more on the sad, sad boy, like but still like auto tune, stylized, heavy and... auto tune, yeah. then more heavy auto tune, then and the beats were more kind of lo fi, okay. And um, but, like, it was not lo fi, but still like trappy or no? They were still trappy, yeah. but the, when I say lo fi, I guess I just mean that I was like working with producers who were kind of figuring out their craft too at the right. time, and now they're like insanely good, right? So, so it we were all. Like, and mastered yeah and, it yeah. was it definitely yeah, wasn't yeah. and i was recording myself so it wasn't like me going i literally remember going on youtube and googling how to engineer little uzi vocals oh yeah so i would like look up all these things i was like like travis tutorials scott vocals and tutorials yeah. and like i'm like learning about plugins and so i just like started soaking up all the energy all the, all the information energy yeah. 
information. Soaking up those vibes. Yeah, know? I was just like through YouTube, just soaking up vibes. Before you start looking up the tutorials for the, the autotune shit, were you just running dry, like regular vocals? You were a lead singer in the bands you were in, yeah? Yeah, Okay. so that stuff we had engineers. And that was like just like straight punk rock music or emo music? That or? was um like metalcore. Metalcore. Yeah, yeah it's like... So you can sing and scream and that's what you were doing in those yeah, bands. I yeah, I sing and scream in yeah. uh, If I Die First now. Oh, that yeah. new band that yeah, we have. Yeah, so. yeah shout out... Shout out Ned for Shout facilitating out, this. I'm dude. happy that you guys started yeah, a new band. But sure. I'm excited to hear that EP. It's going to be fucking dope. Yeah. Was there ever this kind of like light bulb moment or what was the light bulb moment that went, oh, wait, I need to auto tune this? My friend Scum, he's actually, when we, we talk about like SoundCloud shit, like yeah. he's the one that first showed me like SoundCloud. Yeah. Like I didn't know what SoundCloud was. Right. Like I had no idea what it was. And he's just like, yo, you would probably really like this. Like it sounds like these bands that you listen to but like it's over beats and they like it's not like five guys you know in a room like playing the what does he show you like horse head or something he showed me horse head numb yeah no he oh. showed me um uh the romantic ep oh yeah yeah that's like my favorite yeah and so um so yeah he showed me that ep he shows me wicca he um showed me like he showed me slug cries yeah he showed me father um and this is when, like, it was, like, early, like, 21 Savage and, yep. like, tw- uh, Father was talking about 21 Savage, like, and, like, it was, like, not that big. Like, right. 21 wasn't that big yet. Yeah. And I was just like, who are all these fucking artists? Right. I was like, where the fuck did this come from? I want you to, like, sit in my chair for a second and think, like, it's so wild living in L.A. and being just around the music scene in uh-huh. general because, like, while that inspired your career trajectory and what has just fucking skyrocketed, uh-huh. it, like, seems like yesterday to me when I heard Numb for the first time. Yeah. And my little homie Brayden and the homie Chris that I would give beers to at the parties <laughs> I was working. I was like, oh, these guys are cool. But I didn't know, I didn't know that Chris even did nothing. Like, I didn't know what he did. Uh-huh. Like, he was, just, I would just see him around. And then when I heard that song, I was like, yo, I, I was like, oh, little homie, I like fuck with your song. It's Chris tight. is super humble. Yeah, like, I was like, so, like it yeah. was, li- I was literally like damn near big brothering him at that time of like, hey man, keep going, buddy. Like, yeah. oh, your sound is really cool. And now he's like this hugely influential artist yeah. and it just happens over fucking night, dude. It feels yeah. like, even though I'm sure his journey feels like it took a long time yeah. to him, like I, watching from the outside in, it's like, man, that happened so quick. You like really did it, bro. Congrats. Yeah, anyway, it's crazy. so it's cool to hear that he inspired you as well. Like that's Yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a lot. There, I know there's a few more, but yeah. those were like the main ones that like I was like, what the fuck? Like, and I'm like, dude, I could totally like make songs with these guys. I yeah. could totally like make a song like this or like whatever. Like, who produced this? Like, yeah. and then it just went from there. And then like Scum actually, I think Scum was actually the one that showed me like because he had already started doing it, but he was doing more like rapping with auto tune, and like we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. Like, we didn't we just. We didn't know we were going for. Like, I was just like, I'm just going to sing. Like, I'm just going to say whatever. Like, yeah. and that's what I did. And then, like, I slowly started, like, learning more about the plugins and tweaking it. And, like, I was like, oh, like, I can actually sing. Like, I shouldn't, you know, like, have to use too much auto-tune. Like, yeah. like I don't want to sound like I need the auto-tune. Like, I want it to be, a, like, a cool effect. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but, like, when you ask an engineer, like, oh, how can I sound like T-Pain? They're like, oh, you have to hit the notes. Yeah. 
Like yeah. he just uses it for style. It's yeah. like that's not what makes him sound like T Pain. It's yeah. like the fact that he can fucking sing his ass off. There'll be people that rail up the auto tune like so crazy. You yeah. can hear where they drop off in the in the key. Yeah, like, yeah and it's yeah. just like, right. oh damn, that's right. crazy. Yeah. So you start using it to stylize yourself, and instantly it kind of like takes off in a, in a way that the other stuff wasn't. Where like you're getting yeah. blog posts and getting love, yeah. and do people start to reach out to you? Yeah, a um, bunch of artists started reaching out to me. Um, uh, a bunch of producers like kept producing for me like yeah. to the good was one of the early ones that really started like you know like he's like yo like i think i used one of his beats for something really early so he's like i got another one i got another one yeah um it eventually got to the point so scum was like my closest friend and, and all that when we i started doing it i started working with um i ended up finding fatsy through scum if you know fatsy i don't uh young burial he's here in la okay. now but he um he was from denton and he, um, it was him and who else was, oh, my friend Keeper, he lives in Dallas still. Um, he's still kind of making music, but he like works like a, like a plumbing job or something. Like he's a, he's like a contractor now. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but we would all meet up at Fatsy's house in Denton, all four of us, and we just started making, putting music out. And then there was a little skill. He was from San Antonio. We would go pick him up from San Antonio, drive him all the way to How Denton. How far is that? It's a three yeah. hours, three hours each way wow so that's go. where i was born san antonio really yeah my dad was in the air force damn yeah, yeah. i've only been there like well when picking up I, I haven't been there since i was four yeah. years old i don't remember but we'd go wait no not san antonio austin my oh bad. okay never I'm mind stupid. that's okay san antonio well, was, was like way there. farther yeah yeah um so i would go pick him up and then we'd go pick him up drive back we'd work for like a few days just making songs and then like um skill was really close to pete Oh, okay. So like they like I guess he would like show peep some of our stuff and then somehow in the somewhere in the mix I guess Ned our new skill too because of peep and, and just because he knows fucking everybody yeah Ned that's dude, the most up on people guy dude Ned has brought so many fucking people together that nobody yeah. will know like a bunch of songs wouldn't have fucking happened if he hadn't yeah. you know brought them together as crazy as this sounds or like as as weird as this sounds I, I often think about some of my friends the way that I think about like Daniel Johnston or uh -huh. Searching for Silverman or, or uh -huh. whatever you know those those documentaries where it's uh -huh. like there's these infamous musicians that you don't that the public didn't realize were infamous. Uh -huh. And then, like, somebody goes on to make a documentary about them and they become really big again after yeah. their career is almost over or something. Yeah. And I feel like Ned is getting his shine, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I also feel like in 20 years, somebody could make a documentary about all the music Ned was responsible yeah. for or all the links that he connected. Yeah. And it would be, like, an amazing documentary. There's, like, so many. Like, he connects everyone. Yeah. It's so, there's so many times that, like, we would go to, like, a party or not even a party, but just, like, get together with some friends. And then, like, he's like, yo, like, my homegirl so-and-so is going to come. My homeboy so and so is gonna come. Like they're really cool, and then like we meet them, and then like it's like different worlds of music, but somehow it's still all like you know it mm -hmm. makes sense that everyone's yeah. connected. And then sure enough, like two of the friends you know that were there that night make a song, and right. then it's like a fucking hit. huge. Like it's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, he's like a, and everybody wanted it. Amazing A and R. Like yeah. any label yeah. would be would be remiss not yeah. to sign him honestly yeah. as an A and R. But anyway, so Ned knows scale. Peep no scale, scale connection scale. to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, so no. So, um, so I guess some, somehow, like, like Ned heard me. Yeah. Something like that. Like, and then, um, I'm, tr I'm really trying to think if there's Sorry. somebody else that I knew and talked to or something like that. But some Ned ends up reaching out to me, and this is like the first, like, you know, in the world of like people that I'm, like, looking up to that are making music that I'm really, like, into, yeah. like, you know, are hitting me up like that. 
And like Ned's like, yo, let's make an EP. Or he's like, I got a song, a beat for you. And I was like, sick, send it. So he sends it to me. I forget which song it was. Oh, it was called Alone. Uh-huh. And then he's just like, you mind if I drop it on my page? I was like, go for it. And then he's like, I got another beat for you if you want it. And so I was like, right, cool. Sends it to me. I make a song. He's like, why don't we just make a fucking EP? Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. And so he starts sending me just like, boom, boom, boom. Sending me a bunch of beats. And then like, I think it only took like two weeks. And then like, I was like, yo, here are like five songs. Wow. And then he's just like, fuck, like these are sick. And then I was like, I kind of want to feature on this one. And then from what I heard, he was just like, threw it in the group chat. Like, and I said that I wanted Coldy on it. Yeah. And then Coldy was like, yeah. Like, like body bag? Body bag, yeah. yeah. So then that. What a song. I, I know. didn't know that's how it came about. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. he, it was like, I was like, because I didn't really talk to Coldheart at all. Like, I had yeah. never talked to him before. And I just told Ned, and Ned's like, like I'll show it to him. And then like, I guess he threw it in the group chat. And then he was like, let's do it. And then yeah. sent it back. And then it was just like, my first time ever even meeting Coldheart was a ham show that I played out here w- with Smart Death and yeah. Lil Aaron. Um, probably like, I think, it, I want to say like three years ago. Is, that, w- is that when you met Lil Aaron and Smart Death? Yeah, that's when I met. No, oh. I met Lil Aaron in Dallas because I was playing shows in Dallas. And yeah. Aaron. Uh, was he like, I guess he was like maybe on tour or something yeah. and him and his manager came to watch me play Yeah. and then um, me and Smart Death that's when I met Smart Death in LA when I met Coldy yeah. but me and me and Smart Death had been FaceTiming like all the time sending yeah. each other music back and forth like I, I hit Smart Death up like cause I was like dude I'm a fan of your music like I love your music he's like yeah. yo I'm a fan of your music like this is crazy. You had you guys, so many feelings, so, so yeah. much positivity, <laughs> yeah. bro. Yeah, it's crazy. That's tight. And then you guys formed boyfriends eventually. Yeah, so that first, like, there was, like, I think it was in the first, like, two nights, three nights that we were there. Yeah. Um, me and me and Smart Dad's plan was to meet up in L.A. because we wanted to work on an EP together. And then um, we had already kind of had some songs that we were kind of starting mm-hmm. and sending back and forth. And then I was like, yo, pull up. I'm at Aaron's. He's like, yo, I'm staying at Aaron's. So I was like, I'm staying at Aaron's. And I was yeah. like, yo, this is going to be crazy. He's like, we're going to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody would think so. <laughs> and um, so I was like, yo, like, let's fucking, like, let's, let's knock <laughs> let's this what? the fuck out. <laughs> let's fucking fuck. <laughs> let's knock this the fuck out yeah. and, like, let's, like, you know, put it out as soon as it's done. Yeah. And, like, we're going to make music videos. Like, our friend Avery came down and my friend Dylan was coming to LA I think too and um yeah I think that's what it was and then um Aaron was like yo like I want to be on one of them so they're like yeah like hop on this song and then he's like why don't we just make a fucking whole EP together yeah yeah and I was like fuck it because Aaron is man talk about prolific that is a prolific motherfucker he can knock one one after the other bro like nothing that guy's guy's really really diarrhea songs out his ass like so we're just like, fuck it, let's do it. And then, like, he's like, I'm going to reserve studio for, like, tonight. And I was like, cool. And he's like, let's just get as many done as we can. So fucking ten songs later that night, it's fucking six in the morning. What? Fucking we've been raging in the studio, yeah. all fucking tweaked and, like, fucking drunk and shit. We're like, did we really just do this? Yeah. And they were like, okay, well, tomorrow let's do it again so that we can, like, make final mixes and make sure, like, we like th- we want to keep these songs. And sure yeah. enough, we wanted to keep all of them. We're wow. just like, I think these are all really good. That's tight. So we just kept them. And then we are like, what do we call the EP? And, like, we weren't even thinking of a group at first. Yeah. But I think somewhere along the line, like, some one of the managers was like, this should be a thing, like a like a super group, like a boy band. Like, yeah, some, yeah, like y'all yeah. should market it as that. Yeah. And then we were like, fuck it. And, like, none of us really cared because it was just like, 
whatever. Like we were like we just made a bunch of songs like this is cool. And then we we're like, um, yeah, we can just call it like boyfriends and we can all be dressed up as like brats dolls. Yeah. And then they're like, That's actually kinda sick and we'll do it with like the brats logo. Yeah. Like, and then uh, so we just did that and then And so the, your oh. that's your first trip to LA? Um or no? I think it was. That's great. Yeah. That is wild, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, full transparency, that's kind of, I think that's how I found out about you because I knew vaguely about Smart Death, but I really knew about Aaron. Mm-hmm. And so when the boyfriend's thing dropped and I heard that, or I think I heard just like the first teaser single or something at the time. And I was just mm-hmm. like, wow, if the Warp Tour was still going on, this is like the shit that would be headlining yeah. it at this point. That you was know? definitely like our inspiration too, because we're like, oh, we want those like guitars that sound like Metro Station, Boys Like Girls. Uh, Blink One Eight Two. We want like you know like stuff like yeah. that. Like really, like, and see that's like a generation after me. I, I'm like, oh, this sounds like the guitars on No Effects or Save the <laughs> yeah, Day or yeah. you know Save what I'm saying? Day, so. Yeah, yeah, or or, or um, I don't know, Taking Back Sunday or something. Yeah. Like yeah, it was definitely more along the like whole like like pop punky yeah like, totally pretty totally. boy side and mxpx thing. or something yeah like, yeah it appealed to the teenager in me that way and then you know the way that you guys stylize it it's just something it's an amalgamation of genres of music that you wouldn't think would fit yeah. together and they somehow do yeah i think it was sick too because at that point we were just like like i'd never like how yeah i guess i'd never been to la i didn't know what to expect i didn't know what it's like out here like i didn't really care like mm-hmm. i was just like I'm just going to throw up every fucking thing that comes out of my fucking mouth. Like, right. it comes, like, pops up in my head. Yeah. And we're going to, like, m- just try everything and just do it over and over. And, like, we can try 20 things and, like, two of them are bound to hit. Like, yeah. five, of them, five of them might hit. Let's just, like, do everything. And there's, like, three of us, like, you do your part, I'll do my part. Oh, I got a hook, whatever. So it's just boom, boom, boom. Right, because now it's, like, triple speed. Everybody's yeah, doing it. Yeah, it's exactly. cr- It was crazy. Yeah. And we'd all, like, feed off each other. And, like, even with, like, all of us, like, naturally being writers, like, we'll be like, you should say this. Yeah, like, yeah. And they were like, oh, no, like, try this. And right. then we're just, like, writing shit for each other. And so after that first trip, were you like, that's it, L.A.'s got to be home now? Pretty much, yeah. I was like, that, that. I mean, I had home base, like, in Dallas, and I would, like, I have my son. So, like, at that time, like, I wasn't really doing well, like, money-wise yet. Like, I was... You know, selling, like, repos and, like, yeah. fucking doing little merch drops and, like, random little shit. But it was, I wasn't making enough to really be, like, living out here. So I would go back home, I'd stay there, and then, like, plan another trip and be like, yo, we're having, like, another week in L.A. Let's plan a show, let's plan some recording time, and let's, like, you know, like, make music videos or something. Yeah. So we were just, like, very, like, productive with our time when we came out to, to L.A., um, yeah, and then I think it was, like, at one point, like, I got this girlfriend out here, and then I was, like, I was, like, she was, just like, just stay, you can stay here, Yeah. and then I was, like, cool, and then, like, right when that happened, I started making, like, a lot more bread, too, um, like, I guess that's when I, I hadn't really, like, I was kind of dumb about the whole SoundCloud, uh, like, the n- repost network, like, yeah. getting money, like, from them, like, like, uh, what do you call it, monetizing yeah, my right, shit, right. I wasn't monetizing a lot of shit at the beginning, and then finally I started doing that. And then I was like, oh, I'm getting checks, like, all the time. Like, and, you know, like, my girl's, like, well off. Like, she said I could stay at her place. Like, I'm going to go stay at my friend's majority of the time that I'm here anyway. Yeah. Like, so I was just like. 
Damn, so the SoundCloud repos game really be paying like that, huh? I guess when you're with the right people, it yeah. does. Yeah. I always wonder. Like, I, I always tease Ned about his, like, yo, $5 repos. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, that shit really must pay, though, If you once you got a SoundCloud following for yeah. real, for real. Yeah, now, like, I'll sell, like... I'll sell like a decent amount of them, but I'm really I'm not really pressed for them now. Yeah, so of like I'm like that just like paid for like yeah like um like utilities and car insurance or whatever. So like so. you said, when you move out here and make it more permanent, it's like shit seems to start working out. And for my money, your trajectory seems to have fucking kind of skyrocketed in yeah. the last like three years yeah. it's been like crazy you went from somebody who i would kind of hear about on the outskirts of the scene to like you're one of the like kind of stars of the scene now yeah would uh, you agree with that i mean i like the yeah. imposter uh syndrome so oh, i like to, i would like to think so yeah. but i don't know yeah you did it you've like made it for all intents and purposes right? i'm sure it's <laughs> going to ke- continue to grow but like you're oh, really so. you're living the dream your, your dad would be proud you're living on music thank you know you. what i'm saying thank you. yeah yeah i feel like uh for me, it's that, like, I, I was thinking about this the other night, too. I was like, when is it going to be enough for me where I can, like, fully, you know, say that or believe that or be like, yeah. like, like that's, like, I'm exactly where I want to be. I'm where I want to be right now, but, like, I have this, like, crazy, like, like expectation of being, like, bigger than, like, Michael Jackson one day for, yeah. like, other, like, multiple reasons. But it's just, like, like bigger than, like, those, like, I want to be, like, a household name. Like, that's where I, like, hold my, like... You want to have hit records. My bar. Yeah, I want to yeah. have hit records, but I just want to be the one that did... It, like yeah like when my dad would explain like this sounds like this and like you can recreate it or whatever but like there's all this is this is like a legend like so this you, is you're, like you're seeking you're seeking that original idea the one that no one's thought of before yeah is that what, yeah that i mean in a way because i know i'll never do something yeah. different but i just want to be out there yeah like, yeah i want to be here's what i'll say though and this is just some like elderly guy advice yeah i appreciate and understand that drive to want to do more always Uh but while you're seeking that remember to enjoy what you have accomplished and don't don't let that get past you man because you are living something that everybody that everybody that listens to music like Uh like you used to listen to music Uh they dream of what what is happening to you right now so make sure you take the time to enjoy that yeah i'll go home and um my stepdad he's like super fucking sick and he's like he's a really good like musician like he actually plays in the church band no shit yeah we used to go to like but he plays there and he like works for them like doing other shit and um he's always telling me he's just like you're living my dream that's so, it bro. and like that kind of like levels me and i'm yeah. just like okay like kind of makes me you're like, living my real. dream bro you're living everyone's <laughs> dream like real talk like yeah. so that's what i'm saying is like i talk to so many artists you know at various levels in their career and one thing is that none of them are satisfied ever yeah. and i get that i understand that yeah. like there's always something else to strive for but i think like for your own uh, sanity and mental health it's just nice to like check in with yourself yeah. not just about yeah. whether you need to go to the bathroom <laughs> but also go like yo i've really accomplished a lot i'm doing yeah. good like stay inspired it. yeah you feel yeah. me yeah what do you have coming up you just put out a project that's kind of like a recap of your last two years of work yeah, yeah. or three uh, years of work yeah so i put out like this thing where it was just like like when i signed to epitaph they're like let's you know slowly start introducing all yeah. the old songs because we're gonna like relicense them and stuff like you know like put yeah. them on epitaph um let's slowly introduce them and i was like Fuck. I don't want to put emphasis on the old work. Like, yeah. I felt like, oh, here's a single, and people are thinking it's a new song. You know, yeah. it's going to be, like, kind yeah. of like a letdown. Right. So I was like, take all this shit, throw it out there. Like, yeah. just throw it out there. Like, yeah. put the whole shit up there. And they're like, okay, fuck it, let's do it like that. And then they're like, you know, they wanted to make, like, an album art for it, whatever. I was like, nah, I don't want any attention on it. Like, yeah. I just, when you see it, you see it. If you know, you know. When you find it, you will. Like, just put it there so it's accessible and, 
Like, what'd you go from there? It's almost like a crash course, really. It's like a yeah. best of compilation of, yeah. like, here, learn about this artist that we yeah. signed. Because yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm like, you know, with signing the Epitaph and with, like, all the forward motion we've been making, there's going to be a lot of new people that haven't even heard any of those songs. So, right. like, it's just going to be like, what the fuck? This random guy just put out 40 songs. Like, right. What? So it's either going to look really cool to other people or other people are going to really appreciate it because they do know the music. Yeah, for so, someone like me that likes to, like, really deep dive into a person, like, I appreciate that it's all organized there yeah. and you don't have to, like, go scouring the internet. Yeah. It's just like, boom, it's on Spotify. Yeah. Here's all the songs you made. That's, that's like, really tight for yeah. someone like me. I'm glad that you brought up getting signed to Epitaph. I didn't know, like, if that's, like, a thing that you're allowed to talk about. Oh, so people yeah. like to keep it secret. But, I mean, dude, that's another, like, talk about living the dream. When I was 16, I, I like, Epitaph was one of my favorite labels. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I always had this split between punk shit and rap shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that was my stuff growing up. And Epitaph was, like, one of those labels. Anything they put out, I was like, I trust this. I'll buy yeah. this from Mill and Colin to fucking Pennywise to whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Were you an Epitaph fan growing up? I have to Dude, imagine you were. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, so favorite band, like growing up, like I didn't really listen to pianos become the teeth, but they're my favorite band. Like yeah. they've been my favorite band for the past, like five, six, five years, five, six years. Um, they've been my favorite band. I was really into Isn't Foff. I was really into From First to Last. I was really into, um, trying to think of other bands that were on there. Um, but Epitaph, oh, Escape the Fate, Bring with the Horizon. Um, like I was just really into like those bands and like I... Remember, like, one thing that when I think Epitaph, like, I always remember being, like, super young. And when I see in the corner of a music video the Epitaph logo, like, I was like, this is where, like, all my favorite music comes right. from. Like, it was just a stamp of, like, yep. you're going to like this music video. That's it. Kind of like when you're little and you watch those movies and the intro is, like, the yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. it's like, you're like, oh, it's going to be a scary movie. Right, like, right, Whatever. Right. And, like. No, same, like, same. Pixar, and and yeah, the, great, like, the, the, the great thing about Epitaph is that they've continually reinvented themselves now for like th yeah. 30 years. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They went through a phase in around like the mid-2000s where they were signing rappers that I love like Bus Driver uh -huh. and Sage Francis and they were messing with Atmosphere a little bit. And it's like it's really cool to see them keep like um, striving to find new sounds rather yeah. than just resting on their laurels and being like, okay, we'll sign another regular guitar band, yeah. you know? There's been a lot of like gatekeepers that are like, oh, this is it fucking – like, y you guys fell off, like, y'all yeah, used to sign, like, such good, like, metal, or not a metal, but, like, you know, like... Punk, yeah. Punk, like, punk shit, yeah. and, like, like whatever, like, this isn't a band, like, who the fuck is this? Yeah, and, like, yeah. That's how, like, but that's, that's what like, they were. That's what they were si saying when they signed when they did, indie was, rap yeah. groups as well. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is this? this I just, I feel like they've done such a good job of, like, keeping up with music. Yeah, like, yeah. that's what it is, like... Like, Brett has such a, like, good ear for, like, what's to come, and, yeah. like, when he catches somebody doing something different, and they're, like you know polishing it up and they're yeah. like getting it there then it's like he's like okay like let's let's do something yeah let's. and like yeah i know like a lot of people are like oh don't sign don't be independent and this and that but for me it was like such a thing where it was like so it, yeah. yeah i was like <laughs> shit hey get, you know what get this paper yeah get, get was, it how you live yeah i was like i'm gonna get fucking paid and i'm gonna fucking like live my like little dream of being on epitaph like i dreamt of being on epitaph in a band yeah but like music has changed and like i've changed and things are like you know different right now and i was like i'm on epitaph like i'm with my favorites you know like right now so yeah. i was just like i'm gonna sign this shit that's and, tight bro yeah, yeah congrats and this is pretty you. this is a pretty new deal yeah uh 
Well, it's Real almost going to be a year since yeah. we've been signed. That's still pretty but, new. Yeah, but we were in the process of, like, getting my album ready, and, yeah. like, I was, like, still writing, and I was, like, doing all this other shit. What does that look like when you sign with a label like Epitaph? When the world opens back up and concerts become viable again, are they going to be... Do you want to go out on the road as a, the headliner, or do you want to go out with, like, the biggest Epitaph band as a support act and, and like, scoop up some followers? Like, yeah. what, what would your strategy be? Um, I did a little bit of the, like, support shit. Like, I did, like... Uh, like a Papa Roach tour, like you did Papa Roach tour, Papa Roach and oh, the Mice wow. and Men. So yeah, that was wow. a very um, what's humbling that? experience. What's that crowd look like now? Oh man, rednecks! Like they were like it was like red, white, and blue, and like it was rough. Like huh? get the fuck off the stage, yeah, skinny yeah. boy! Like yeah. they're just like calling me all kinds of shit, throwing and then, beer bottles and shit. They were, they, no one threw anything, <laughs> oh, yeah. but like there was like one point where there, some kid was just like flipping me off because I like I hopped into the crowd and like started a pit yeah. and like i guess his dad was like right behind him and i turned around and like someone pushed me so i like like trucked them yeah and the dude flies back and he's like that's my dad <laughs> like and i'm like sorry about your dad like yeah. fucking like you know we're at a show yeah yeah and then they're just like some people would, like hate it and then um it was really funny because at the end of the night i go to the merch table some people like hate that they liked the music too yeah. like a guy was like i mean you seem good but man you look you look kind of gay, man. Like, <laughs> and like you know. He's like, I kind of want to kiss you. Yeah, he, I don't know. It was weird. It was yeah. it was really weird because then his his son was like a fan too, mm. and then his son was like, I'm sorry, like whatever. And like, I wasn't gonna like fucking start a fight with his da- yeah. a fan's dad, but right. I was just like, get your dad. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. And then he'd be like, but man, you're really good. Just you know, yeah. You know, you're acting kind of like, fruity, man. He's like, like, but make those jeans a little baggy. Yeah, boy. he was all he was all like that. But then there would be like wives of guys that would come to the show, and yeah. they were like, sign my, my tits. Well, they're like, my husband dragged me out here, and I didn't think I was gonna like anything, yeah. but I like your music. Wow. So I was like, cool. That was yeah. that was that was cool. Young heartthrob. But, yeah. That's it. <laughs> Young heartthrob. So there was that, but I think definitely like I did I did a little bit of the whole support shit and. It's hard. Um, That's a hard hustle, man. It is, but also I kind of, like, I feel like I'm kind of, like, I feel like I could definitely do, like, headlining things. Because yeah. me and Smart Death and Gucci Highwaters when they did ours, and it was, like, super sick turnouts. Like, yeah. they were super sick. And, like, it's just grown and grown since then. Yeah. And especially with the whole COVID shit going on, people like, are people feeding, are dying waiting. to yeah. go see somebody fucking live. Well, and when you get to go out with your actual people, like, when you go out with Smart Death and Gucci High Waters, yeah. it's like, even if you guys are playing 500 cap venues this time, or even 1,000, I don't know what, you, uh-huh. what cap you guys are playing, it's like, that those 500 or 1,000 people... They spread it. Each of them tells two of their friends about yeah. it, and then all of a sudden, next time you're playing a three three thousand cap venue in that yeah. same city, you know what I'm saying? It just yeah. it just grows, grows fast and grows. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I I definitely like had to talk about like first place I'm going is Europe. Yeah. Like I, we were already planning a Europe tour, and there's like a big we had like a big um they, somebody routed like my agent yeah routed like a Europe thing, um and we were supposed to do it, it was supposed that to be me and Smart Dad. Yeah. Oh, it was like it was like a while back, but we ended up doing something else. We ended uh, up, I think, we just ended up doing U.S. And um, everybody's like, "Why didn't y'all do that one?" Because this was like an insane like route, and like there was like a bunch of people. There was like the projections were really sick. Mm-hmm. Y'all should have done that. And I was just like, "Damn!" And like I always get the questions like, "Please come to Europe. Please come here. Of like course. overseas and shit." And um, like when I look at the numbers and everything, there's so many kids like over there like listening to it, and I was just like. Dude, I could go out there and, like, Brandon just went out there, Brandon Savage, and, yeah. like, fucking killed it. Like, really? insane, like, insane. His numbers are crazy, too, anyway, but 
it's like it was insane. So everybody's I, like, I feel like Peep really birthed a lot of like oh, yeah. scene out there. Uh, he opened the door for that yeah. with a lot of a lot of our like scene. Totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited for you, even if you're not letting yourself be too excited. Yet. I'm excited. All I'm right, excited. Good. I just uh, I got some expectations. I get it. For yeah, myself. hey, yeah. that's the thing that has driven you your whole yeah, life is those expectations. True. You yeah. feel me? So now it's time to fulfill them, and I'm sure you will. Well, first of all, thank you for coming in and for take, sure. taking the time. Yeah, you for know, sure. in the in in this post-apocalyptic world we live in, uh, I appreciate you coming in. Tell the people where they can find you online. Um, Instagram, it's Lil X Lotus. Um, Twitter, it's Lil X Lotus. Um, uh, Facebook, it's Lil Lotus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then SoundCloud is Little X Lotus. Little X Lotus. Yeah. You can, you uh, can Google. You can really Google Little Lotus. You can Lotus Google Little Lotus at this point. Yeah. yeah. The SEO is pretty good. I actually I just dropped uh, volume one of my album. So I, I'm doing like an I'm re- weird the album I was talking about I was yeah. working on releasing. I just dropped it, but I'm doing it in volumes. I wanted it to be digested the right way, so I'm doing like volume one, volume two, volume three. Oh no shit. So it's four songs each, and it's like twelve song complete. And that, um, and that just came out when? That just came out. Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So brand new. Brand new. Congrats. Barely man. new. And that and that's a, the first official Epitaph release? Yeah. Sick, that's man. A, I mean, well, no, we had a few singles that okay. are on it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's like the first of the album. Yeah, the first of so the I album. So I've got like four songs on there. Amazing. Like, so right. I'm going to do the days on there. So is Are you going to perform one of them? On, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. What is it called? Rigamortis. Rigamortis. Fantastic. Yeah. So you guys can... Um, Come to kindaneat.net or youtube.com slash kindaneat and see Little Lotus perform Rigamortis. That, that has a little jingle to it. Little Lotus Rigamortis. Little like Lotus Rigamortis. Kind of a slanted rhyme in and yeah. of itself. Go search for him online. I really appreciate you coming in. Sure. This is a fantastic conversation, man. Thanks for having dude. me. Yeah. Also, shout out to your text game. Like I said, you, you're very <laughs> very professional and polite on text. It was enjoyable to book this. <laughs> Hell you yeah. know. With all that being said, my name is Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition. You can follow me at It's Intuition. You can follow me and my man Ben Sh- Jim behind the boards making the shit sound buttery at kinda neat across all platforms, including YouTube, where you're gonna see Little Lotus perform rigor mortis. Again, thank you for coming in. Appreciate that it. is Thanks, Little man. Lotus. I am Lee, and this was kinda neat. You got it.